This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game and One of the ways we do that is to introduce you to the actual partners that we use in our agency. We did that on an episode not that long ago with Chase Courtney from IPFS talking about Total Pay and Ann Dunn. And today we're going to do that with somebody you have heard me mention literally a zillion times (laughs) on the podcast, and that is Yellowbird. Michael Zal, the CEO of Yellowbird, is here with us today. And I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but the one thing I want to make sure that we do a great job of when it's time for us to wrap this up is leaving each of you listeners with two to three ways that you can engage with Yellowbird the second you're done listening to this podcast to make it easier for you to write business, easier for you to keep business, easier for you to have profit bonuses at the end of the year because you're utilizing loss control and things that can help you get your accounts even more profitable. And at the end of the day, just introduce you to an awesome company who's really pushing the envelope in an area where a lot of agencies need help. But if we've done our job right, the one thing that you will get from this entire conversation is that you are not a poor little agent. You are not someone who doesn't have resources and you don't have, it's not that you don't have the ability to go write the good middle market accounts. Every ounce of that is at your fingertips because this tool puts you on a level playing field with all of the big boys and girls that you think you can't compete with. So if nothing else, you're going to realize that it's a mindset issue and not an offerings issue because we're going to solve the offerings issue in this podcast. So what's up, Michael? Hey, hey, what's up? Thanks for having me, David. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, Yellowbird, we had John originally, maybe just give him the, the quick overview in case anybody new hasn't uh, gone back and listened to that original episode. And then I want to, I want to jump in, man, because there's a lot of stuff that's going on. The company's changed a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. over the course of time, and it'll probably change a little bit between now and the next time we talk. But 
let's get everybody up to speed on that kind of stuff. And then what I really want to do is focus on the tactical end. Sure. How can how can we as agents leverage the relationship with Yellowbird to be successful on the streets every day? And I know I have my ideas, but I'm sure you have more and better ones. So I can't wait to hear them. Yeah. I don't know about that, but thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to happy to give you kind of the the, the quick backstory. Hard to believe, but we're over four years old now. So we, uh, I founded the company in 2019, just before the pandemic. Didn't see that coming, or I probably would have waited. Uh, that being said, we uh, went into revenue right before uh, in January of 2020. The concept of the business, in the simplest of terms, it is kind of like an Uber or Match.com kind of a model for professional services in environmental health, safety, and risk. And if you think about it from a contextual perspective, if you need a doctor and you say, I want somebody to help me with a, uh, I need to go and do my, my annual, you go to your GP. And if they determine that you need, you have something, a mole on your skin or something that they are not, uh, that they've just determined, then they send you to a specialist. And it seems as though every industry has that from lawyers to accountants to every other but in our world, it seems that we all have safety guys for gals, or we all have a risk person. And the reality is, is that there are so many different kinds of risks and so many different types of needs that it makes sense to do a similar concept of that in an automation program. And so I started Yellowbird with the concept of right person, right location for the right price. And the ability to do that is where we've become very powerful for our customers, where we work with brokers and carriers. We work with end customers as well to use the right person in the right location with the right background to help you advance your expertise and being their risk partner. And so from a simplest perspective, think of Uber meets your loss control or risk services. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a good way to explain it. Um, I, I tell people I used to use Uber all the time. And then, then I got tired of using that. I, I explained to them that it's like a marketplace or an exchange, you know, a place mm-hmm. where highly qualified professionals are able to put their skill set and their resumes, you know, essentially their resumes sure. online. But, you know, the, the real secret sauce is the ability for somebody like me to go in and create a job on your platform and then let all the witchcraft on the back end match me with that best person. And, you know, it, it's quick and efficient, but it's also very, very accurate. And part of that has to do with how you as Yellowbird select the people that are going to be on the platform, because yes. it's my impression that, you know, just because I say, hey, I want to be on Yellowbird doesn't mean <laughs> that I can be on Yellowbird. So talk a little bit about that. What's the process that, because we have plenty of people that are, that are professionals that would want to be on your exchange that listen to the, want to be part of Yellowbird rather that listen to the podcast. So talk a little bit about how you select people. Where do you source them? What are you looking for? And what reassurances are you able to give agents that these people really are what they need? You know, they are the best in class solution they're looking for. No, great. You know, you bring up a really good point. And there's always three things that come into when somebody is uh, concerned or doesn't really understand um, Yellowbird. And it always comes down to one of three things. How do you vet your back, your your pros? How do we make sure that they are actually what they say they're going to be? 
how do you make sure that they also have the insurance and the other things that are required for them to, if they're going to go to a customer site on using my name, I want to make sure that they are uh, insured and make sure that they're going to uh, give the representation of, um, of my brand. Because of course, these people are representing your brand and we get that. And then the third piece is obviously uh, the quality, quote unquote, of whatever it is that they're doing. Are they going to actually represent us, not just in look and uh, and uh, insurance, but also are they going to represent me in the level of professionalism? So the quick answer is yes to all three of those things, but it was not easy to accomplish. The first and foremost is when somebody comes onto Yellowbird, we've got 5,000, 6,000 people register on the platform. We have about 1,400 that have actually made it through. And that gives you an understanding of how difficult and discerning we are. Um, they upload their certifications, their licenses. We sync up with their LinkedIn. We have more information available to us than you would have if you were just looking for a person on Google or you, even the people you've used forever. If I asked you very honestly, do you really know their full background and their, what licenses do they have? It's like, no, but I've worked with Bob forever. He's pretty good. And it's like, well, <laughs> pretty good is a relative term, right? So what is he very, very, very good at? And what are the things that he just wants to cash the check and he's going to do the best he can do? Either way, those are the types of things that we're solving for. So the quick answer, David, is our, our background check, which is also do a federal state and, um, and, uh, county background check and driver's license check. So we make sure they actually are uh, don't have a felony or something like that on there. And some do, but some are way back. You know, there's a lot of things we go into that kind of thing. But once they're match ready, as we call it, so we've gone through and we've checked and we've, we know what they're best at. And so if somebody has been a trainer for 25 years for a um, automobile manufacturing parts company, and they train on proper safety procedures for that type of environment, you're not going to send them to a different type of location that doesn't match their background. And so anybody who's listening to this, if you think you're qualified, which you likely are, if you're listening to this, you probably have the right uh, background and so forth. It's a free process. You start that and then let us do our job so that you guys can all be confident that when you use Yellowbird to match your job, uh, we will find the right person. Or if we don't have the right person, we'll also tell you that, although it rarely happens now. Candidly. Yeah, no. And I mean, I think that this is something that it's really important for the agents and the producers that are out there to understand even the company people for, for that matter. And the reason that it's important is these people are not employees of Yellowbird, correct? This is a 1099 correct. relationship. Correct. Yes. And so the re the reason that's important for you as agents to understand that is because experience has taught me that the absolute best loss control people, even the people who have worked or worked in corporate America, and I say loss control, but I mean risk management, EHS, mm -hmm. people, yep. I'm I'm gonna speak freely. Just know I'm talking about the whole enchilada Michael's got wrapped up over there. Okay. But these the absolute best consultants in these various fields of risk management may have been in corporate America. They may have been at a Fortune 500 company, or maybe they were in a smaller company, but they were in a high hazard industry. So they had to be really, really good. They may have worked for a carrier, but I think the resounding theme at some point is they can do much better on their own. And, you know, to, in my experience, and this is not a shot 
at anybody who works for a carrier as a loss control rep or an industrial hygienist or as an ergonomist or any of that. But in my experience, when I bring on an account and I have a carrier loss control visit, it is a completely different experience than if I were to hire an independent professional to come in and give a baseline risk assessment of operations. One of those is going to take an hour, maybe two hours. The other one is going to last a day, maybe two days. My argument is that the absolute best and most qualified professionals, the overwhelming majority of them, know that they can make more money starting their own consulting company and charging for the time at a value that they're worth and then delivering that work product as opposed to just going and working for whatever a carrier or an agency or a company is willing to pay them. I feel like the people that you have in, in Yellowbird are the absolute best at what they do, and that's by design. It, it, yep. it just works for everybody. Yeah, the uh, it's interesting you should say that, David, because I, I think a lot about where we're going as a company. And it's very important that I stay in tune with your with your uh, with your team and your listeners, because where we kicked off, and actually even how I described it today, is not actually where we're going in the future. Which I find, uh, I actually, as I was saying it, I feel that I've given even Yellowbird a little bit of a, uh, a raw deal in in what we're doing today versus even when you had me on six eight months ago. So. Where we're going as a company to answer that same thing, when when you say these folks can make more money starting their own firm, it's true. But the challenge is, is that most of these folks will have one to five clients that they take really good care of. They charge a lot of money. They travel a ton. They are always busy. You're trying to get on their calendar. And if they're smart, as we all know, small business is not easy. They're optimizing their hours or optimizing their, their talents. They're debating, do we add people or do we not? How do I how do I do this? So where Yellowbird's actually gone is we've come to the realization of two really important factors here. One, our consultants need to know that we are going to get make more money with Yellowbird than if they do it themselves. And the reason I say that, and that's such an interesting thing to say because everybody goes, oh, well, you're going to undercut the market. No. What I'm going to do is most of these consulting practices will go and charge you for miles and tra travel and air flight and hotel, and they have to be recouped. And so if you're sending somebody out to your customers, 15 locations or five locations or three locations, two of them are local, one of them's out of state, and that one's going to cost you X plus travel and materials and all these other things. I can do the whole thing flat rate with localized talent, move more of the money to the consultant, give them a better personal experience and optimize their business and still save the client money, which is such an interesting way. We've just come to that realization that we're actually not competing with independent consultants. We're actually empowering them. The second piece of the equation is now you have the ability to stop thinking like a small agency or a small broker or a small risk management company. And you can now look at it as if I wanted to offer something for remediation, if I'm out there and I have somebody from Yellowbird go out and do a survey at five different locations in five different states, and I've won that business and I have somebody go out and do that type of thing at a very good rate, and they find ergonomic issues over here and hazardous materials issues over here and forklift training concerns over here, you can actually one by one remediate under as a profit center if you choose to, 
or as a value add, if you choose to do that, each of those using the same platform of Yellow Bird. So you no longer just have the mechanism that you've been used to, which is we're going to raise a red flag. And now, Mr. Customer, you need to deal with this. You can now go and say, how about we go and do an assessment at all your sites every quarter? Or how about we go and put a training program in place, which makes you sticky. It's hard to it's hard to leave. They see you as more than a uh, insurance sales guy, which we never want to be. But every now and then, you know, when you're not talking to them enough and solving problems on an ongoing basis, they kind of put you in that bucket. And it's like, wait, hold on, I do more than that. These are the kinds of things that I think Yellowbird is very leverageable to be able to do. Um, so that's uh, that's my mission here, and that's why I'm on this call. Well, I think the other thing too is. These people are EHS professionals. They're not marketing mavens, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're doing them a huge service. I mean, let's be, let's call it what it is. In many cases, they're the complete opposite. It's like just not what they're wired to do, which there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But yeah. I mean, if you're going to go into business for yourself, top line revenue is kind of the most important thing until you get that under control. So by having the ability, to aggregate such a great community of professionals and uh, allow us access to that. Again, it goes back to what I said before, everybody wins. Like there, there's no, there's no loser other than the people who aren't on yellow bird or use it in my opinion. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, it's been a very interesting, the things I didn't think were going to be a challenge um, were, and the things that I thought were going to be a concern were not. The things that are a challenge for us, honestly, is when you have organizations that have a loss control person. They're like, no, this is what I do. You know, this is this is my my job. It's like, great, let us execute for you. You've identified fifty things, and you're one person. How do you facilitate these various things that you need? And so, for us, we'll we'll do as much or as little as the client wants us to do. But it's really all about making our customer look good. It's not about Yellowbird. It's about you and the broker and then the end customer of, you know, are we really helping them reduce their risk and not just checking a, a box? Because that that's just, that's old school. Nobody nobody needs to check, check a box anymore. We need to add some value in this world. No, I, I want the people who actually wrote the checklist, not the person who follows it, right? Like exactly. That's, and that's who you're getting. So- you know, there's a lot going on right now, man. We're in the hardest insurance marketplace that most of us have seen in our careers. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, and yep. it's definitely the, one of the crazier times I've seen. I've been traveling the country for the last few months, speaking to various groups about selling in the hard market. And when they, you know, I ask people, do you feel like this is a hard market? And they say, yes. And I look at my watch and say, well, I feel like it's Wednesday. I'm from Florida. You know I mean? We're used to this crap, crap down here, but you know, having value added services is extremely important. And I think that it, you know, there, there's a few reasons why number one, it differentiates you in the marketplace. Everybody is shopping this year. So People are much more receptive to taking that phone call or setting the appointment with uh, a producer to go in and be able to um, have that first appointment and hopefully eventually move move the ball down until you get it across the goal line. But I, I think where a lot of people miss the boat, like, and so I think from from some perspective, uh, aggressive producers are going to do really, really well in the hard market because they'll have more opportunities, but they have to have more than an insurance policy in their arsenal. 
you know, with the hard market, it's not just that pricing is going up. It's that underwriting appetites are changing and mm-hmm. a lot of risks that maybe would have been able to get a home in a normal admitted market 12, 24 months ago are seeing themselves pushed into excess and surplus lines. I would argue that the auto marketplace across the country is the worst that it's been in forever since I've been in the insurance industry. I mean, I've seen um, seen a, a market where I could get a, a standard F-150 placed for between twelve and $1,500 per, you know, on a fleet policy for a year to now that same truck is $65 to $7,500. And mm-hmm. nothing has changed in the risk. So it's a long way for me to set the table. But, you know, the reality of all of this is Yellowbird and using ancillary services to go in and really dive deep into what these operations look like, you know, help you in the submission process and in communicating with your underwriters as to the overall quality of a risk. If you've got that one that's sitting on the fence, maybe the mod's like a 1.1, which doesn't sound horrible until you realize everybody's being very, very conservative right now in what they're underwriting, you you might need to go in and invest some resources to show what you're doing to improve what history says is going to happen next. And it's not that you just make the investment and have somebody come out. You actually share that with the underwriter. You show them what they found and you share them, share with them the action plan of what you're going to do to fix the things that aren't right. And, you know, I just feel like, by and large, most agencies are cheap when it comes to this. They're under the impression, and I can say that, Michael, I don't want you to say it and get in trouble. So, <laughs> but they're cheap. They don't want to invest. Here's my advice is an agency principal or a producer, if you're out writing middle market accounts right now, we are all looking at an organic lift in most cases. I, don't, I can't speak for every agency across the country. But if I didn't write a single new piece of business, but I renewed 100% of everything that I have right now, I'm going to get an organic lift in my agency of between 25 and 30%. Fair? Mm -hmm. If I want to retain those accounts, I need to make sure I'm doing the things that we promised we would do that got us hired and likely the things we have been doing since we were hired. If it's new business, then I need to know that I'm living high on the hog now, but it's not always going to be that way. And I need to get to a point where an underwriter is going to feel comfortable and the client's going to feel comfortable. You need to be thinking about what your what your budget's going to be on a per account basis for these types of services. Go ahead and, and work through it. If you're writing a middle market account that's paying you $25,000 in revenue a year, I know that 20% of that number is $5,000. 20% is 5 to 10% less than just the organic lift that I'm getting on my book. So rather than me take that money and pocket it, it would make more sense while I'm living high on the hog to double down and invest in my accounts to make sure I get the absolute best renewals that I keep that I that I retain those accounts and then I'm providing a more profitable account because I do believe that if I take that money and invest it in the EHS side, 
and we execute and we hold our clients accountable to executing that we're going to end up with better loss ratios at the end of the year, which will breed a higher percentage for your profit sharing contingency bonus based on a higher level because mm -hmm. you will have made the money just because I'm telling you to take the premium and put it in, put the excess into budget doesn't mean that that premium doesn't get used in the profit sharing calculation. So you will get some subset of that back, but the agencies who are willing to invest and recognize that are going to thrive in the ones who don't aren't. I mean, I just think that's going to be the facts of life at this point. You know, David, it's funny you should bring this up. So one of the things I've been thinking a lot about recently is relationship building. And, you know, we all we all talk about our our deep relationships we have with our customers and um, and we all need to because that's an important piece of the equation. But if we're having honest conversations with our with our prospects, not just our customers, but our prospects as well of, all right, from a regulatory perspective, from a historic perspective, when were you the most freaked out? When did you have a situation where somebody called you and and you're like, oh man, how can I help this guy or gal? And the reality is, is that sometimes it comes down to, yeah, you know, about five years ago, I had somebody who who uh, ran, uh, ran over somebody's foot with a forklift and um, yeah, it was just such a bad deal and, and I'll never forget it. It's like, you can note that kind of stuff and say, you know, just so you know, if you ever feel like you need to do this, you can, we can create a forklift training program for you. In fact, I can, I can get you a discount. Um, we have a program they had through Yellowbird that we can get you a discount. It doesn't always have to be eaten. It doesn't always have to be a pure pass through just being the resource that cares enough to listen and offer these things. You know, it doesn't even always have to be insurance related. Somebody says, oh, yeah, I've got OSHA climbing up my my keister because somebody who uh, got fired uh, reported us says, well, have you done an OSHA assessment and walk through and just to make sure that you are covered? You don't have to eat all that. You can just go and be a good referral partner and and we can give discounts and things like that. The goal here is to be the resource because you're not going to want to. Um, have somebody shop you every every year. And the only way not to, honestly, in, in my opinion, is to be offering value throughout the term and to be that resource and that actually cares. And that's a, it's easy to say, it's not easy to do, especially when you don't know what they need, right? Like, like okay. How oh yeah, no. Guy, right? <laughs> 100%, man. And I think that's part of it. You know, I, I think agents, um, you know, we want to we want to think we're good at this stuff, but the reality is, we're not. We're insurance professionals. We're not EHS professionals. Now, are there certain things that I'm going to notice based on tenure in the industry and the number of those types sure. of visits that I've attended? Absolutely, I know sure. to look at the fire extinguisher tags and see whether or not they're in date and when the last time was. Um, you know, that they were inspected. I know to look and see if there's, you know, dust in the rafters that's two inches thick that could cause spontaneous combustion and make the building blow up. I know to look for cords and wires and hoses that are on the floor as a tripping hazard or pallets that are blocking an emergency exit. Those are all things that you learn as you go through your career as a producer. I call that functional risk management when I speak. It's something mm -hmm. that's functional Every one of us should be able to do it when we go and walk a production floor at a manufacturer or a construction job site. You don't need to know everything, 
but there are things that you should know because you're going to see them as you attend these these EHNS visits. You're going to see them repeat themselves over and over and over again. That's one of the reasons why I always advocate that producers attend carrier loss control visits. I would also advocate that producers attend yellowbird visits because you're going to learn from them as well. But that's where it ends. Functional risk management is literally the stuff that you're going to notice because experience tells you you should, and it's going to let you look like you have a leg up on the existing incumbent or anybody else they may be talking to going into renewal because you're pointing things out that they haven't heard from somebody else. Just by simply walking around and paying attention, that's how easy it is to overcome the mediocrity in our agency. So that's functional risk management. We all know that if you have accounts that have issues, that functional risk management isn't going to get it done. And I classify what professionals who are dedicated to EHNS do as tactical risk management. These are the people that are tacticians. They've walked a mile in those shoes before. They know the problem. They know the solution. They've implemented the solution and they've had success doing it. That's who you need to get in front of your clients. It's not the things you can cobble together in the agency. I would caution you, if you're trying to do all of this stuff in your agency right now, number one, make 100% certain that your errors and omissions carrier knows you're doing that kind of service to your clients because you may not be covered for loss control consulting on your ENO policy. You're an insurance agency. I can tell you that we do some of that, but it can't be uh, over a certain percentage of our revenue. And I had to have a conversation, like an actual phone conversation with my ENO carrier when I began using Yellowbird because I needed them to understand that they were a partner, that we were outsourcing this portion of our business too. And while we're not, do we're doing some things in house that we've always done that just because we do these services doesn't mean we're actually the ones performing them. And I had to explain that or my renewal was not going to be pretty. I was going to end <laughs> up losing the carrier that I had and having to go somewhere else. And I just wasn't interested in doing that. But understanding like what your E&O carrier will let you do and not let you do is really important as well. And it may mean you have to have a conversation, but using Yellowbird is effective risk management. I'm transferring my risk to a third party who's better at doing it than I am. And all I'm doing is funding the operation. Love it. So another thing that I think a lot of people have questions on, Michael, and this is one I feel like honestly would help Yellowbird get a lot of traction and probably already does. And you'll tell me that, but we're sure. seeing a lot of a lot more uh, stuff around DOT related issues, um, whether it be mm. actual DOT training or compliance or doing a mock audit to make sure that um, everything is in line or in some cases, maybe the DOT did get them and shut them down and they got to get things cleaned up and don't even know where to start. You know, I feel like that's like really, really low hanging fruit for you. I feel like I've seen more and more DOT issues on the on the horizon as I look out. So, you know, what what are you guys doing for agencies who need help with DOT training, DOT compliance, doing mm -hmm. these mock audits, all of this stuff? 
So great question, David. So so the quick answer is, as a company, Yellowbird's actually verticalizing into industries to make sure that we're offering the right services to the right industry. So as an example, if you're doing uh, manufacturing and doing uh, paint booths and dealing with things in um, in woodworking, it's a much different need than if somebody is running a logistics company or a freight company and has a lot of trucks and needs some DOT-based uh, services. And so one of the things that we've really focused on is our main core around um, the the risk industry. That being said, DOT is becoming more and more of an area of focus for us because if you think about it, the moving of goods is part of the ongoing risk that we all carry as being business owners. And I even carry it as having our professionals on the road. I've got to have extended uh, auto coverage to, you know, to make sure that my professionals that are coming out actually have extended auto coverage um, in addition to their primary. We actually cover them. So I'm very familiar with the with the insurance piece of the what do you do for things that are moving all around. On the DOT side, we've actually doubled down on that and we've doubled down on fire inspections. Those are the two areas that we're seeing the most um, needs where somebody says, I need you to go do a an NFPA assessment of fire sprinklers at these 150 locations. We're doing a lot of that stuff. And on the DOT stuff, we're doing a lot of work on training the, the organizations and doing the assessments of roadworthiness, DOT compliance, best practices, because the turnover is so heavy in these, in these trucking and, and logistical environments that it's hard to stay ahead of it. It's it's also very, very hard to get native language. So we're doing it in Spanish. We're doing it in English. We're doing it in, you know, if somebody speaks another language, we can do that as well. And so your question is really valid. The most important thing for us is that, like I've said, it's not just having the right person with the right skills. It's in the right geo. If you are doing DOT work and you are in California, it is going to be a much different discussion than if you're doing Department of Transportation uh, compliance. Yes, you've got federal requirements, but then there's state requirements as well. And so to answer your question, I'm seeing a ton of it, but I'm also realizing that as we get bigger, it gets easier to be leveraging our resources. So you can go to an organization that is based in your hometown that have places across the country, and you can now offer the DOT inspections, offer the DOT training, help them get into compliance, where it's not just one and done anymore. And honestly, it's sticky, which is in our world, it's what we all want. We want them to not be able to leave us even if they wanted to. Let's be honest. We wanted to provide such a great service that's such high value that they're like, well, not only am I not going to shop you, but I couldn't because you guys do like all of my training. That's a good thing all around. So hundred percent, man. And I think that's the other piece of it. I, I think part of it comes from a lot of the time, you know, specifically in my agency, we're visiting the sick, right? I'm not visiting the people that are running a single digit loss ratio, yeah. you know, they're almost at their, their minimum experience mod. That that's just not who I'm going to go after. Um, I, I don't really bring much to the table to make them better than where they're at right now. So why sure. waste my time or theirs? You know, I'm looking at the people who are sick. I want the ugly, you know, the ugly cousin, nobody talks to at the family reunion. That's who I'm mm -hmm. looking for as a prospect. But I think it's important to know that also, as you invest in these companies, 
your budget doesn't have to be the same amount. Like my recommendation is and always has been go after as much as you can in year one. Like unless there's a reason for me to change it, my loss control budget on the average middle market account is 20% of whatever the revenue is. If you're $50,000 in commissions to my agency, I'm going to spend $10,000 on loss control services or EHS or whatever we want to call it in year number one. In year number two, I may not need to spend $10,000. I might only need to spend $7,500 or $5,000 because we got a lot of this stuff knocked out in year number one. So I want to make sure that the people listening understand that just because you're, you're devoting budget doesn't mean you're parting with that money forever. I would argue, don't worry about the dollars, worry about the percentages. Because if you do it right, you could keep your budget and dollars the same, but your client should be growing. The relationship should be growing. Even though some of the premiums may be coming down, sales or payrolls can offset that and you ultimately end up netting out positive growth regardless. So the other thing is, it's one of the reasons why I like to do a service fee as opposed to commission when... I'm working with a middle market account. If I'm on a service fee, I don't I don't pay for Yellowbird. Yellowbird gets paid for, but it's built into my fee and contemplated. And all I am is the middleman that sets it up. It's a pass through at that point. So having the ability to control, you know, what your compensation looks like relative to the value ads you're going to implement for these people is huge. So keep that in mind as well. It's not that it's just that you're going to be you know, giving money to a professional to come in and do a one-time training or put together a one-time program. Really sit down and deep dive. That's why we do baseline risk assessment first, because it's the broadest thing that we can do. That tells us everywhere we're going to need help. Then we can sort of triage that and figure out, okay, what's the critical stuff that, what's critical that we can knock out fast? What's critical that we can't knock out fast? What's not critical that we can't knock out that we can knock out fast and what's not critical that we can't knock out fast. Right. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. We obviously want to go for the critical stuff that we can get to the quickest and then go to the critical stuff that takes a little longer. So, um, you know, I just random thoughts, but I, I just want to make sure that agents understand how to go about this. Cause the other thing is you, it's your decision. I, I, I choose to invest in my clients. If you want them to pay for the service, tell them that. Like, you know, you could you could engage Yellowbird inside of a relationship. You can you can you know start the ball rolling. But at the end of the day, if you've got an account that needs help and you invest in them, but or or you're going to invest them, but it's just got a lot of hair on it, and you're not sure whether or not the owner of the company is really committed, let him pay for it. That'll tell you how serious, or her pay for it. That'll tell you how serious they are. If they're not willing to pay to make the risk any better, why would you be willing to do something they're not willing to do for their own company? There could be a, that could be the reason why they're in the position they're in, and it helps you from bringing a dog onto your books too. But I would just tell you that I think that it you know don't just think about this as oh here's another way for us to have to spend more money on an account to get business. No, you get that money back in spades, and you're also going to get it in referrals. Yeah, so um, I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a scoop because it's you, David. So uh, so we are actually going to be rolling out a couple of things that I think you're going to find to be exciting. One of the most important things is our communications platform is going to allow for you 
you being the the broker, you being a, you being you, David, because you use our services and I appreciate it. Is when you roll out services, you're going to be able to see in real time on the platform what's going on during those deployments. That can also mean how they're communicating between the professional and the end customer. So you can kind of keep an eye on things. You can also know when it's done. You can check in. The reason I mention this is there are customers that you say, look, we're going to facilitate the whole thing and don't worry about it. And that customer may or may not have visibility. And you're on that interface as, as our customer. There are others that you say, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna work with Yellowbird to get a discount over to you so that you feel why you should be working with my agency because we've really we have a relationship discount that we've structured with Yellowbird. And you can still be in the communication mix without actually owning that that invoice. Now, the reason I bring that up is the ability to be in the mix at all times gives you the ability to have something to talk about and go back to them when it's done and be able to communicate what the findings were and things like that. I think it's a really interesting way of of viewing all this stuff because we all do pretty much the same thing. Customer has a need. You find a service that provides that need. You do it yourself or somebody else. And then you make sure that it's you know recognized for the value. But there's a piece of the whole equation, which is how involved were you? Are you handholding it? Are you taking care of the customer's need? Do they know that you care enough to watch it? And those are the things that's been really hard in this industry when using third parties. Did they go out? Did they actually do the job well? Do I want to call my customer and see if it was done? Because I don't know if it was actually even completed. All that stuff are some of the logistical things that I think Yelbert's going to be pretty good at helping drive that same. And we're all saying the same thing. The value is in the relationship. Reinforce it. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple things. Number one, I mean, these are going to be random questions, but I want to make sure that I ask them because I think it will clear the air for everybody. Number one, is there a company or an insurance agency that uh, would want you to either do work for them directly if it's a company or, you know, for their clients as an agency? Is there a size that's too small for Yellowbird to work with? No, there really isn't. There's not a size too small, nor is there a size too big. We've done very large programs now. So it could be anything from a mom and pop restaurant that needs to do a ADA assessment or fire safety in their kitchen to something very large. And and the other one uh, I want to make sure we're very clear on is, Michael, if I decide that I want to go and sign up and put, put an account on the Yellowbird app, because I think this is a great idea and something I'm going to do in the future, do I have to pay anything to do that? No. No, we do not charge our customer for signing up, even for putting in a job. Until the job is matched, which is, means that you are committing to the professional, it all comes down to, because our professionals are 1099, they can't get the runaround. So the only thing that we right. asked is to make sure that when you say, okay, I'm submitting the job to be performed, that everybody's clear that we expect that we're all going to be paid. And the reason for that is we can't burn our professionals, but no, sign up, check it out. You don't have any fee at all. And there's no monthly fee either. At this point, um, we may at some point create a monthly fee for programs, um, for doing larger, you know, lots of value adds that you don't have to worry about transactional, but it's more, we're going to run all your programs for you. And maybe it's easy to just do a flat monthly rate, but right now there's no fee at all. So there's no really downside. 
No, exactly. And that's what I want the agencies to hear. Like, we can talk about this, but I also know there's a certain amount of apprehension of exploring any further because you don't want to get you know stuck signing up for something you don't think you'll right. use or right. paying for something you know that you weren't ready to pay for or whatever else because that's unfortunately what we've been conditioned to expect when dealing with a lot of the software that's in our space right yeah. now you know boom we're going to get you on monthly recurring we're going to do it for a period of 5 years and <laughs> You have to let us know 363 days before your renewal if you want to cancel. And if you're a day late, we're automatic. I mean, just the ridiculous stuff that we see in end user license agreements and contracts. What I want you to understand is you likely still don't have a full grasp of what Yellowbird does, even after we've talked about it <laughs> for almost an hour at this point. Go sign up on the app. Go go look at it. Poke around. Figure out what things look like. Learn how to navigate it. You're not going to hurt anything. You mm -hmm. don't have to buy anything right now, but I think it would be a really good idea for you to just kind of poke, prod, and see. And I'm sure, Michael, you've got some case studies and things on there for people yeah. of you know successful things that have happened as a result of their engagement with Yellowbird. So, you know, the one thing I would tell you is you can sit around and do nothing about it, and somebody's going to end up coming in and taking your accounts from you. Be proactive. The first step is to go sign up for an account. By the way, Michael, do you pay me a dime for people signing up on your website? Nope. I don't one, have any not, kind of cost per nope. acquisition. I don't have any kind of, of, of marketing fee or any of that. In full disclosure, I'm an investor in Yellowbird, but... Michael, have you sent me a single page like dis distribution nope. or any? No, nope. not at all. So in reality, I'm telling you this because it's the goal of this podcast to share the exact tools and strategies we're using to win. That's it. That's why I'm sharing it with you. So go check it out. I don't make any money. Michael doesn't make any money. If you sign up, poke, in, poke around the app, he makes his money when you get matched to a job and you have to pay something. But I think it's mm -hmm. also really important. You know, I don't know exactly what the back end Uber looks like, but I feel like this is kind of maybe where some of that came into play as far as the description. Yep. It's my understanding that when we pay that money's held in escrow, you know, or held in trust. Mm -hmm. And it's not until the job is done and approved by me, mm -hmm. the agent or whoever hired them, that that professional gets paid. So it's in their best interest to get it done quickly and accurately so that they can move on to the next one and get their money as quickly as possible. Yeah, and they do. And that is one of those other pieces to understand. They, The goal here is to get you what you're asking for. So we need to have clarity on that. Once we understand what a gold standard looks like, our pros will complete it as rapidly as they can to provide a quality output because it goes back to you for you to approve. And once you approve, 48 hours later, that professional gets paid. I don't know any other methodology with somebody who can do that kind of work that gets paid that quickly. And the reason we do that is because we want the best professionals coming on the platform. Um, but all of that being said, no, you don't, uh, you've never made any money off of us yet. Hopefully at some point, as we continue to grow, your equity becomes worth something, but you were a customer first and you believe in what we were doing and asked if you could invest. And I appreciate that. And it's, um, you know, on paper working out okay for you. But at the end of the day, we just have to get, do a good service and make sure people use us. And don't be fearful of Yellowbird because there's so many things that are, you can create your own programs for your customers. And it's it's really empowering. 
you know, it really is. It almost makes you dream a little bit about the things you could potentially offer your customer that nobody else could, which I, I think is exciting, but I'm a geek. So that's, well, that's what I spend most of my days doing, man, you yeah. know, is thinking about what's next. What's the next thing we can add? Yeah. You know, in a world full of people that are eating vanilla ice cream, I want the hot fudge sprinkles and the whipped cream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Love it. I want to make sure we're giving them everything. Well, listen, We've been going right about an hour. I appreciate your time today. I think we're probably at a good place to go ahead and wrap up. Sure. You know, if you are interested in which you should be, go check out Go Yellowbird. Is it dot com or dot yep. io, Michael? It's goyellowbird.com. Yep. I never can remember with the software companies. I got yeah. about a 50-50 chance, but yep. go yellowbird.com. Check it out. Sign up. You know what? Here's how you know I don't get paid. There's not even anything on there that says, did David send you? <laughs> you know, I don't, there's, I'm not giving you an affiliate link. There's not a, they may ask, where did you hear about us or something yeah. like that? It's but, curiosity. It, yeah. And you could say, you know, a podcast or, or others, probably what it is. But at the end of the day, you will thank me for this. I promise you. I have a whole community of people in Killing Commercial that, that are very much aware of yellow bird, what I think of them and how much they pour into our community and also have used them. And the feedback has been unanimous from every single one of them. They always mm -hmm. exceed expectations. The work product is great quality. It's done quickly. Honestly, the only issues I've ever had when using yellow bird have nothing to do with them. It's the fact I just got to get my client to cooperate and get them to get their <laughs> schedule open and all of that, but it's never the app. So I highly recommend you go check them out. Michael, thanks so much for all you do for us, for all you do for the industry. And Thank we will you. catch you next time, my man. See all you. Right. Thank you. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.